the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. In part two of A Call to Holiness, we are reminded that this world, as troubled as it is, is not our final destination. It is a temporary stopping point on our way home. We are not conformed to this world, for we have been transformed by the renewing of our minds through Christ Jesus. Our God is holy, and as his children, he expects nothing less of us, no matter what. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy, as you will want to take notes as Pastor Rander continues to minister to us today. You will not die unless you do it to yourself. Until God says it's time to call my child home. And we die many ways, we, as you know, many, many ways. Just like that illustration of that Southwest Airline the other week and how it went down. How many of you flown Southwest Airline? How many of you? Oh, look at, look at all the hands go up. Okay. And some of you have gotten on that and got a martini and didn't even pray. <laughs> and didn't even pray. I, I, I just wonder, you know, what do I do? Every time I get on a plane, Aubrey, I already know what I'm going to say. I, I touch that plane say, in the name of Jesus, give me a good takeoff, a good flight, and a good landing. Now, if that plane comes down, and it touches down. I don't care how much turbulence you've gone through. If it comes down and land, it's a good flight. <laughs> do, do I have a witness? I don't care how many bumps, how many can zip and zap and, and all that. But if it can land and that rubber, when, and when that, when that wheel hits, hits, hits that tarmac, I say, thank you, Jesus. I say, anything man-made can come apart. And I don't have such confidence in technology. See, some of you got such confidence in your technology that you don't even pray anymore. You get lost, you just pull out your navigational system. That's where you want to know the weather? Just check it. Y'all be easy. If you, if, if, if you, if you need some, if you got, you need cold medication, medication, you just Google it. And so you, so you're so into the technology till you get on there and you get on your technology and you have them bowed your head and pray. Just like you bless your food, if you bless your food, you ought to be blessing that plane and praying for everybody on that plane. You know what? When I'm on that plane, I'm doing intercessory prayer. That's right. I don't have time for no foolishness. I'm, I, I, I'm praying. I said, God, hear my prayer. I'm praying for you and that fool on there too. <laughs> uh, prayerlessness. You better pray. And you better have your priorities straight. Not praying is a sin of omission. Bitterness is a sin. It will destroy you. It will eat you like cancer. Lack of self-control, anger, jealousy, lack of faith, living in fear, uh, impatient. 
You're impatient with your children, impatient with your job. Some of you just complain, complain, complain on your job. Instead of thanking God, you have a job when somebody's praying for a job. Somebody would love to be anybody been laid off and now you working. Have you are you now so soon to complain? You ought to be shouting that you have a job to go work on. Now, if you're not satisfied where you work, go put in, go put in some application. Go online and submit some application. Don't stay there and make everybody else miserable. I mean, I mean, don't don't make everybody else the problem. Deliver yourself. Get off the job if you're that messed up. You hate when it's Monday. You thank God when it's Friday. Something is wrong with you. Matter of fact, you, listen to this. Your employment ought to be your ministry. And some of you are misrepresenting, misrepresenting God in the ministry of your work. Look how quiet it got then. You clock in and don't even work. And some of you clock in and you're on your cell phone when nobody's looking. You just, you, you just all over the place. They didn't hire you. Get off that phone. Just sitting back, relaxing, and just doing all kind of stuff, making money. That, 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 that's, uh, that's theft. Do you realize you're committing theft on that job when they're paying you for a service you're not performing? Oh, where did the amen go? Did I just talk in French? Maybe I just talked in French. That's right. Give God a good day's work. I talked to my, my, my our doctor. He said, that's you don't know. It's, it's just hard to find good work. I mean, they can't even in the application. They can't spell the. You know, they, they don't they don't dress appropriately. They don't talk right. They look crazy and they say and say hire me. And I'm scared of them. How's somebody going to hire you? And you look so you're looking like a monster. Hair all over your head, looking crazy, eyes rolling, and talking about hire me. You got to compete with all these folks. And when you don't hire them, well, I, they didn't hire me because I'm black. No, they didn't hire you because they scared. <laughs> now, there's some things you ought to be impatient about. You ought to be impatient about your sins. Now, some of y'all are real patient with your sin. You overeating? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get there. <laughs> when you going to get there? But you're impatient with people. Some of you are impatient with your husbands. Some of you are impatient with your wife. Some of you are impatient with your children. Some of you are impatient in your circumstances. Some of you are impatient with your health. Some, some of you are impatient with where you are in life. You know, you're impatient. Some of you are impatient because you're not married. Let me tell you something. Better happily single than miserably married. There are a whole lot of folk which they never said I do. And some folk get married one time, two times, three times, four times. Stop! Stop. Listen, your marriage will not satisfy you. You expecting that man to satisfy you? You in for a rude 
awakening. You wait for that wife to satisfy you, to cook it just right, to do all the things just right, to be all the things you want her to be. And by the way, excuse the English, but she ain't your mama. Now, you can call her sweetie, honey, sugar plum, dumpy, dumpy, whatever. But don't be calling your wife mama. Your wife ain't your mama. She's your wife. What y'all say? Amen. amen. Now, I'm digressing a little bit, but the Holy Ghost moving me around because some of y'all, it's some, maybe it's right over in this section. <laughs> you say, why you do this up here? Because I love it. I love it. I'm called to it. I don't say, oh, God, I got to come up one more time. I got to study. I got to preach. Here she come. Here come worry what? You got to be, ask God. You know one of the best prayers you can say? Thank I, I just, I'm, I thought I was going to move a little faster than this, but I can't. The Holy Spirit's slowing me down, slowing me down. Ask God. To increase your patience. You need to write that down. It's not on my paper, but it ought to be on yours. Ask the Lord to increase your patience. Ask the Lord to help you endure. Ask the Lord to help you to suffer through some things. Without throwing yourself an eternal pity party. Ask the Lord to help you be patient by keeping your eyes on Jesus and realize he's a come through God and he still work miracles. Another respectable sin is worry. Some of y'all are killing yourself. You know what? Worry will literally choke the life out of you. It will depress you. It will discourage you. Worry will put you on medication that's so unnecessary. Worry will cause you to snap at your husband, snap at your wife, give your children a hard time. Worry, worry. You worry, you, you go up the elevator, you, 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 you worry. You know, you didn't worry when you were out there in the world. You, you came in at three o'clock in the morning, whistling or staggering. You know, you just you just went out all kinds of night. You know, you now Satan works in the day, but he loves the night. And some of y'all, y'all don't walk out that house to ten o'clock, and that's why you can't get here on Sundays. Or you get here and you go to sleep. You're not you're not praying. You sleep. Worry, you worry, you worry about your children. You worry about your parents. You worry about what's going to happen to you today. You worried about the economy. You worry about who's in the White House. If you're not, if you don't like who's in the White House, well, go to the polls and vote them out. Some of y'all talk about the president and you didn't even go vote. And if he didn't win, you ought to pray for him. And, and if you're not praying for the president, that's a sin of omission. So now you locked in the prayer for the man. Look how quiet it got then. The Bible says that. Don't get mad at me. I mean, it's in, it's in your Bible if you haven't torn out that page. It's not a matter of being a Democrat or Republic. It's about, it's about obeying the commands of Almighty God. You want a peaceful nation? Start praying. You want to see transformations? Start praying. To answer our call to holiness, we must acknowledge the spiritual prerequisites ordained by God. 
We must be born again. We must obey God's word. We must not rebel against God. We must not see ourselves and our sins through human eyes, but as God sees them. We must be steadfast in confessing and repenting of our sins so that we can be continuously delivered from them. Then and only then can we answer our call to holiness. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. And listen, I'm going to tell you where you better start. Sometimes y'all looking all the way at the White House and the Supreme Court and you look at the Congress and the the Senators. You better go all the way back down and, and look at the curriculum committee and see who's shaping your children through the curriculum. Who's on that school board that's shaping the minds of your children? You worrying about way up yonder, but you better worry about those that about to sweep your children under the rug way down here with these books and all kind of shenanigans, devilish shenanigans in these books. When's the last time you prayed for the school board? See what I'm talking about? You worried about this and that. You're not even praying for your children's curriculum. You don't even know, you don't even know the curriculum. Matter of fact, Mama don't let no parent, daddy don't let any parent tell, uh, a teacher rather, tell you oh, what you're doing up here. You got a right to go to that school. You feeding that child, you educating that child, you sacrificing for that child. I don't care how old. They be 18, you can go down there and check on that child. I'm too old. No, that not. you're not too old. Boy, I'm coming down to that, that schoolhouse. They live in your house, you can go down to the schoolhouse. That's right. All to make some unannounced visits. And matter of fact, it's bad off at these schools. They all to want some parents to come down there. They're going to keep you away while the school goes up in smoke. My, my wife and I, we went to parent-teachers conferences. We didn't miss them. We wanted to find out what was going on. Matter of fact, they treat your children better when they know you're going to check on them. Anybody, do I have a witness? They'll treat your your kinfolk better in the nursing home if you make unannounced visits. There has to be a level of accountability. Don't tell, don't let folk tell you what you can't do. Worry. Another respectable scene is selfishness. It's all about you. When you can't get your way, hell breaks out anywhere. Long as you like it, you fine. But don't let somebody tell you no. They, you, your wrath is going to come down. You, it's almost like you in the place of almighty God. Because you, cause you selfish. You got to be first. You always right. You always got the last word. You talk when your husband is talking. You talk when your wife is talking. You talk when your children is talking. You get in God's way. Selfishness. Selfishness tears up the church, tears up the job. It'll tear up your life. A bad attitude is a respectable sin. Some of y'all need a spiritual attitude adjustment. And every time you're tempted to have a bad attitude, you ought to quote, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be what? Glad in it. And some of y'all not glad because you're too bad in your attitude. Let me tell you something. You can change churches. You still got a bad attitude. All you're going to do is go contaminate the next church. Now, stay here until you get converted. Now, if you tan up too much, you need to go. (laughs) Bad attitude. 
Just bad at all in the house. Folks scared to talk to you. Don't know what's out the bed you got up on. Here's a good morning. What's good about it? Well, you're alive. Just bad attitude. I never seen so many Christians who say they love the Lord, but their love for God is not reflected in their attitude. Your attitude will determine your altitude. There are a lot of folks get great, they have great degrees, get great jobs, and then lose the job because of a bad attitude. And some of you, the sin of, another respectable sin is the sin of ingratitude. You're not thankful for nothing. Don't tell anybody thank you. Don't tell your wife thank you. Don't tell your husband thank you. Don't tell your children thank you. You don't even tell God thank you. Now listen, if you don't tell God thank you, I don't expect to be thanked. You ain't thankful. Won't y'all say amen? I mean, you ought to be thankful to God. When you're thankful to God, you'll be thankful for the little things people do. You'll be thankful for people for the people God bring in your life. You you'll be thankful for the challenges in your life because God is orchestrating even that for your good and His glory. Life will not be a flowery bed of ease. Be thankful, Lord. I don't know what this is, and I don't know what's going to become of it. But one thing I know, you in charge. So I'm going to thank you anyhow. I'm going to thank you because you're on the throne. And you're not scratching your head because of what I'm going through. You know my beginning and my end. You know the east side and the west side. You know my left and my right. And so I got enough spiritual sense to say, thank you. Thank you. Won't y'all just say thank you right now? Matter of fact, won't you say thank you, Jesus, right now? Oh, that's not all. Some of y'all just saying that. I mean, you ought to really say thank you. Look at, look at somebody and tell them thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. She burned the food or forgets, or your husband forgets something. Say thank you, Jesus. I got a husband still. He hasn't run off. Don't treat him like he's run off with another woman. He just forgot the bread. <laughs> I mean, him committed to the sky is not falling. Just send him back to get the bread he forgot. And thank God, it could always be worse. You complaining about your feet and somebody don't have feet to complain about. When are you going to be thankful? Do you realize ingratitude is a sin and it is a stench in the nostrils of God? And some of you, you just as mean and ungrateful as you can be. Have an entitlement mentality as if somebody owe you. Don't nobody owe you nothing. You ought to just be glad you're in the house of God. Woo. Number four. I'm not getting too far with this message. I'm not going to even try. <laughs> we cannot live a life of holiness unless we have been delivered from the power and penalty of sin. We cannot live a life of holiness unless we have been delivered from the power and penalty of sin. Colossians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, my friends, only those who have been delivered by the Lord from the dominion of Satan 
and transferred into the kingdom of Christ can live holy unto the Lord. You can't live up to your God-given potential until you first have been delivered from the power and penalty of sin. If you desire to be delivered from the power and penalty of sin, you must understand what sin really is and how detrimental it is. What is what is sin? And I'm, I'm going to stop right here. I'm not going to go any further. What is sin? Unless I just get happy. What is it? Sin is a violation of the word of God. When this Bible tells you to do something and you decide you're going to be cute and not do it, you're not being cute, you're being evil. Oh, it's direct defiance. It's evil to not do what God tells you to do. It's, it's, it's evil to omit what God has told you to do. We sin by omission and commission. Omission, the, the things he told you to do and don't do. And then the things he told you not to do, and then you go on and do it anyway. What is sin? Sin is a violation of the word of God. It is to neglect the law of God. This book is the book of the law. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate there in day and night that thou, might, thou mayest observe to do according all that is written therein, and then you shall make your boy prosperous, and then you shall have success. You have success by being in the book of the law of God. The law of God is the word of God. The law of God is the precepts of God. The law of God is the commandments of God. The law of God is the word of life. The word of life. So it is to neglect the law of God. That's sin. First John 5, 17, a says all unrighteousness is sin. First John 3, 4 say, also says sin is lawlessness. Uh, you know what sin is? Sin is to miss the mark of God's righteous standards. It is to miss the mark of God's righteous standard. You know what sin is? It's, sin, uh, it's Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and, and fallen short of the glory of God. Missing the mark, missing the mark, missing the mark is sin. And people of God, you will not get close to God. You can't even come to know God unless you receive him based on the requirements of this book. You have to come to Christ on his terms, not yours. You can't create your own law. You can't create a work-based faith. You can't do this, this, and that and think you're going to be saved. No, you must trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You must believe in his death and burial and resurrection. You must believe that Jesus alone is God. You must believe that he is the way, the truth, and life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. You must believe th those things and salvation comes. You must cry out to God like Isaiah, woe is me. Now, all those sins that I've just covered, why do we not have the same remorse and the same mourning and the same grief that Isaiah had when confronted with the living God? How many of you are guilty of some of these sins I just called today? Let me see your hands. 
Well, not, not, not okay, that was good. No, but now the next question is, when's the last time you mourned over those sins? You grieved over those sins. And you cried out to God like Isaiah saying, Woe is render! I'm a wretch! I'm undone! Lord, help me! Help me in my desperate condition. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my sins. Lord, I'm a wretch. I'm ashamed of myself. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, clean me up. Because I don't know when I, I'm going to die. And whenever my time come to die, I want to die. I want to be saved when I die. I want to be holy when I die. I want to be righteous when I die. I want to be in a right standing with you when I die. Lord, help me to be right and live righteously before you to the glory of God. Woe is me over my sinfulness. You can commit those sins and don't say, woe is me. There is a great spiritual disconnect. And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, thank you for taking me another way around in the message. I never know what you're going to do when I stand up here. taste and see that the Lord is good. Maranatha Bible Church celebrates 30 years of service to the glory of God for his abundant favor and immeasurable blessings in two celebratory services. Join us for an evening of praise, worship, and fine dining on Friday, May the 18th, 2018, featuring musical artist and stellar award winner Micah Stampley at the Marriott Northwest Ballroom. 3233 Northwest Loop 410, San Antonio, Texas. Advanced ticket purchases at $50 per person are available through Thursday, May the 10th, 2018 by contacting April at 210-821-5683, extension 222. You are also invited to our celebratory worship service and musical on Sunday, May the 20th, 2018 at 10 a.m., at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas. The Maranatha Bible Church family looks forward to celebrating the amazing goodness of God with you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.